Hello, I'm Nathan Shulo, one of the hosts of the Bridging Chicago podcast produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Thanks for joining us today. You can connect with us at www.bridgingchicago.com or by searching us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at Bridging Chicago. Today, I'm joined by Megan Radebush, the founder and CEO of KeepWith, a networking platform whose app is launching this spring. Megan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to get to talk to you and about what's upcoming for Keep With. I know a lot of exciting stuff happening there, but we always like to start by having you share about where you're from and then what brought you here to Chicago. Absolutely. So I am from New York City originally. Uh, I'm oh. born and raised. And when I was in graduate college, uh, graduate school, uh, I was doing my law degree and my MBA. And my first out-of-college job uh, was in Chicago. Um, I was in grad school during a really uh, tumultuous time in the world markets with 2006 through 2010. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when I graduated in 10, I moved to Chicago for my first role rating municipal bonds at Moody's and fell in love with Chicago and have stayed ever since and built my career here. That's, that's amazing. You know, it's interesting that you bring up that tumultuous time because I was actually talking to an Uber driver the other day and it was crazy because I think about the stories that, you know, our grandparents or our parents tell about when they were growing up and all the stuff that happened. And I think about the time that we've been alive and it's like, there's so many things that have happened in these times that we already have those stories, it seems like. And the things that we've had to endure have really started to shape who we are and how we see the world. Do you see that in your life as well? I feel honestly like I could have made that statement um, when, you, when you think about, I, I guess, I mean, you can go back to 9-11, but even before that, yeah. you can go back yeah. to combine, you can go back to lots of things. And so we have, as a generation, experienced really remarkable, upsetting, transformational things. Uh, and yeah. sometimes it, it does feel like they keep happening or that there's just always one next thing. Um, but I always like to see the positive bright side and, and to be an mm -hmm. optimist. And so I think um, what we have endured has absolutely made us strong, adaptable, agile, grateful um, yeah. people. But, but for sure, we could go down and, and document a chronology of some, some pretty intense things that have happened in our lifetimes. And I think um, despite all of that, as children, we tend to look at things with this like, you know, sort of optimistic and really, um, you know, really happy point of view where everything seems to really good, be good as long as we can be with our friends. And I think, you know, when it's that feeling of when you're, you're in the summer and you come back to school and you see all your friends again for the first time. I remember those feelings. And I think about, you know, as I've grown into adulthood, like, how do I still find those in the moments that I have? And now I think, oh, for me, the easiest one is when I get to see my nieces and nephews. It's like the best thing in the world. And I, it's the same sort of feeling that I have then. Um, when you were growing up, do you remember that feeling? And, and then are there ways now where you sort of still get that in your everyday life or, or in moments in your life? For sure. So first and foremost, the idea of what happens when your people are around you and by your people, I mean, members of of your friend group and your family, they're, they're your people. Uh, and that always does does feel very good. 
Um, yeah. I've always been one to think about who are your people and who are the people that you have around you. I also have a newly turned seven-year-old daughter and oh, wow. uh, every time I am around her, the energy is just infectious and the yeah. questions and, and all of that. Uh, and so I think, you know, my, one of my favorite moments when I pick her up from school is the moment where she notices me and then runs to me. Um, yeah, and I know at yeah. some point she'll be a teenager and that'll go away. Um, but for <laughs> now it's, it's my favorite part of my day for sure. I, I hope that you get to keep that as long as possible because I think, uh, you know, having teenagers is difficult. Being a teenager is difficult, but I hope that you get to, to hold on to that for sure. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about your decision to go to law school a little bit because um, I, I actually work at a law firm. I, I don't even know if like all of our podcast guests know that all the time because it's the law firm that, it, you know, created the um, educational branch that is the solution center that produces this podcast. Um, so I'm around lawyers all day long and it's interesting having that perspective on things and on life and on, you know, how you look at relationships. And so for you, what brought you to the decision to go to law school and then sort of what, you know, what was that next step from there out of it? So it's interesting. Um, I was raised in a family that had very limited financial means in New York City. Okay. So I was born of very humble financial means. And I was lucky enough to grow up in New York City where there was opportunity all around me. Yeah. Um, so I was a kid reporter from the time I was eight, which really influenced uh, some life decisions. So we can chat about that. But as a kid who didn't really have any money, I just thought lawyer equals person who is successful in the world, mm. right? That's kind of what I had in my head. Uh, and as a New York City public school kid, um, I was fortunate enough to be in a program called Legal Outreach. And it was formed by a Harvard law grad who could have been at a very large law firm making gazillions of dollars. But instead, he started a program for New York City public school kids who wanted to go to law school. Wow. So it was through legal outreach that I did constitutional law debates. I had mandatory writing classes every Saturday in high school, uh, which is totally what every high schooler feels like doing every Saturday. <laughs> um, I had to do 30 drafts of my college essay before they let me submit it to Bryn Mawr. Uh, wow. and so I think I knew I wanted to be an attorney. I knew that I could write and that I argued well. My mother could attest to that. Um, but uh, it was legal outreach that really pushed me to go to law school and to prepare me. And then I ended up doing the law degree and the MBA for a very specific reason that we can chat about. Um, but I'm yeah. thankful that I did both. And at now as an entrepreneur um, who engages legal counsel, um, it is it is quite helpful to to have that educational background. I wanna go back a little bit if, if you're okay. Uh, the statement you made about being a girl who can argue well, because that isn't always looked at as a super positive thing or really a positive thing at all because um, historically we know that when girls argue they look at a bossy or aggressive um, versus when boys argue um, so for you did you see that as something where it's like oh maybe i shouldn't be so argumentative or maybe it seems like i'm being aggressive when i'm really just trying to you know find my place and state my you know thoughts here um, or how did your parents sort of come around that and say, like, empower you to be argumentative? It's such a great question. And, and looking back, I'm actually thankful that I was as confident as I was. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So I never felt as a kid or as a teenager that I was being too bossy or that I was being too intense. Um, And when I think about how I learned how to build a strong argument that was based on facts and reasoning, that had a lot to do with the legal training and legal outreach. Um, What's interesting as an adult, um, as a female executive, I spent my whole career before Keep With as a chief compliance officer, as a compliance okay. officer, which in a business is someone who often is viewed as the person who says no. Right. And as an adult female executive, I would sometimes be viewed as intense, right? Or I needed to be softer. Um, and I, I kind of call shenanigans on that because I, yeah. I, I knew that my male counterparts were not getting that feedback. Um, yeah. And so I think that I'm thankful that as a kid, I had the guts to go after what I knew was right. I had a strong sense of integrity and doing the right thing. And so for me, arguing for what's right makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and, but I have seen it in, in the executive world. And, and to that, I just say, um, you can never lose by listening mm. and by having openness to others' ideas. And when you're looking to make a point, having it be based on on things that you know to be true. Um, yeah. But I, I think asking questions is one of the best strategies when it comes to, to learning more. And I take my responsibility of raising a precocious seven-year-old child very seriously, especially a girl. I was going to say, having a mom who's, you know, has a law degree in business, entrepreneur, strong female leader, I mean, she has to look at you and see that and, and really have an incredible model of, of all of that, but also doing that in a way that empowers people, that provides resources, that, that tries to find the next best thing so that we are all better together. Um, we'll get into your app here in a bit, but having a mom as that kind of a leader, I mean, what, how does that make you feel about the impact and the example that you're setting for your daughter and what you hope that it provides for her, you know, later, later on in life? Well, it's, it's a responsibility and an assignment that I'm thankful for. Yeah. Uh, And so for example, we recently had some events celebrating the launch of our technology and this is more about my daughter than about the tech. She asked if she could come to one of the launch events and she's seven. And so I thought for a second and then I said, absolutely, you can be the only kid in the room. There's so many times when I've been the only woman in the room or where we've right. all been the only whoever. And, you know, my daughter has seen me build this company from our kitchen and she's yeah. asked about investors and she has seen uh, successes and challenges. Um, and so I think that it's, it's been really great. I, I specifically, when I was thanking guests for coming, I specifically made sure that I had her up there with me. I, I think one mm. shining light of the pandemic has been that you can let your parenthood show before yeah. you're supposed to hide yeah. it, right? You go to yeah. the office and the fact that you might have just had a baby or you have this kid at home who's sick, you like can't talk about it, right? Right. Um, and so uh, I'm super proud of, of the woman that my daughter is becoming. She's hilarious. She's smart. She's kind. Uh, and I take my responsibility as her mom very seriously. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, stepping into entrepreneurship as a lot of things, as a female, as a mom, you know, all of the responsibilities that you have in life, 
it can be really daunting. And we've heard from various entrepreneurs. Some of them were like, it was the most logical thing for me to do because it's what I always wanted to do. Or some of them were like, I did not want to do this. And people kept telling me, you have to do this. So for you, um, can you share your story of what stepping into entrepreneurship was like for you and why you ultimately made the decision to go ahead and greenlight that? So my original decision of where Keep With came from started as a kid reporter. So from the time mm-hmm. I was till the time I was 18, I was a kid reporter. I traveled the world, went to Bosnia during the Dayton Peace Accords, um, interviewed Janet Reno on youth violence, all of these amazing opportunities I had. Um, and I learned the importance of asking questions and caring about the world. So that's yeah. just something I've always taken with me. Um, I specifically started Keep With in 2017 because I've always been careful about relationships and methodical and cautious and really, really thoughtful. And so I was getting asked to speak and write about networking a lot. And I thought, I think there's a company here. I know I'm about to take on my first chief compliance officer job. (laughs) And so as I signed on for my first chief compliance officer job as the compliance person, I said, hey, there's an outside business activity. I sometimes get paid to keep to to speak about networking. Um, And so it was being asked to speak and write about it a lot and understanding that I felt like the world was isolated. Ironically, 2017. I felt like the world was isolated. And so that's yeah. why I started Keep With. Uh, and uh, then we've just grown the company. Uh, and now I, so for a while I did both. I still held on to the full-time gig. Uh, and I've been a full-time entrepreneur for uh, over a year and a half and with another period before that. Um, and there are such great opportunities in the new way that the working world looks. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm really thrilled. Our, our, we'll talk about what Keep With is and what we do, but it's all about building relationships. And, and that makes me tick. You, you mentioned about doing that in a, in a way that is thoughtful, that is, I'm going to use the word smart, because I think that there's a lot that goes into that. And um, on, on one hand, it's like, yes, you, you want to be as thoughtful and as mindful as possible when you're doing that. But on the other hand, I think, well, um, like, how thoughtful do you want to be when you're starting these relationships? And so for you, can you share with us sort of how you look at that and say, how do you balance the risk of you know, starting a new relationship, whether it's a working relationship, um, friendship or whatever. And then how do you balance that with making smart choices uh, with who you surround yourself with? It's a great question. And I absolutely think it's contextual. So Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that we don't have a limitless number of hours in the day. We can't maintain a limitless number of relationships but we yeah. should be prioritizing uh, strategic relationship building. I actually think it's quite tied to wellness when you have that strong okay. network that has your back. Um, and so, you know, on the one hand, it's making sure that, you know, sometimes I say your network is, is like your house. Who do you let into your house? Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's important to be smart. However, it's also important to be open. And so one of my favorite stories of talking to a stranger was on the 703 train platform years ago when I talked to my now technical co-founder, Alan Deitch. (laughs) Um, And we just literally struck up a conversation on the train platform. And I now uh, I've helped him find jobs. He's helped me find jobs. And and now he's helping me build Keep With. Um, So I think you have to balance being careful and uh, you know who you let into your network, who you keep in your network. Do those relationships fuel you? If they're toxic, should you distance yourself? Um, taking that very seriously because you are the company you keep. Yeah. 
also talk to your barista. They may be your next photographer for something. Yeah. I know what you're up yeah. to. Um, and so, but overall, it's important to be careful and methodical about the way that we build relationships. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And also about the part of like, you know, being aware of the people around you. I know doing a podcast, you know, we have tried to continue to grow it and to do new things and to bring on new people. And it's amazing what you'll see when you look around you and you see, oh, that person has an eye for color. That person, you know, is like they're always the correcting the grammar of, you know, people writing the briefs or whatever. And so when you start to bring these people into the fold and you start to kind of let those gifts sort of blossom into something really cool, I think that it makes everything better because they're challenging you and you're challenging them. And the product that you get out of it, I think, is really beneficial for the world. And in the podcast, we've seen that through the stories that we've shared, but also the people that work on it, I think have also showed us that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Keep With because I know that you're really excited about it. And, and after getting to look at um, sort of your story and what you're doing with that, I think it's, it's made us really excited here because obviously networking is really important. That's one of those things that I was never big on networking. I actually kind of tried to avoid it because I'm not a great salesman um, of myself. I don't like the spotlight. So, you know, that's why I do this podcast because nothing like being on on uh in a podcast or on youtube with uh, when you don't like the spotlight but um but you know the keep with is a certified female owned business and it is uh, looking to change the world of networking uh the app uses artificial machine learning and natural language processing to provide targeted solutions that let users manage their networks in a way that is more strategic and meaningful and i think there's so much there to unpack. And so what I'll start with is letting you put that into your own words and, and kind of flesh that out a little bit for us. Absolutely. So networking at its very essence is building relationships. So I know the uh -huh. word sometimes have a negative connotation, networking, oh, I don't like that. Um, and you've hit the nail on the head in terms of some people are comfortable with it and, and some people are not as comfortable. Yeah. Um, but networking at its very essence is building relationships. And, and so Keep With is a platform that is helping people to do that the right way. Uh, we started as a startup in 2017 as a services company. So law firms, mm -hmm. companies would hire us to teach their people how to build relationships better. And that is how we bootstrapped the company, traveling the world with large global clients. Um, we saw that there was a need across industry and sector for people to network internally within an organization, to network externally, personally, and professionally. So we started out as a services business, and then we started to see that there was really a need to do this better and the right way. And so in September, we experienced a lot of traction. We can go into that more and seeing investor interest. And we knew I started in 2017 because we thought we were isolated. Ironically, we thought it was technology that was isolating us. And given yeah. the level of isolation that we've experienced over the last couple of years, we now knew it was technology that was keeping us connected. Yeah, yeah. We set out to build technology that's going to help people network better. Um, we can talk about the tech. It, if Think of it as air traffic control for your relationship building activities. There's no spam and there's no ads. 
It's really about who you know, who you want to meet, setting networking goals, and being deliberate about relationship building. Yeah. With other networks, especially social networks, it can seem sometimes like the bells and whistles sort of take us away from each other more than it brings us together. Like there's so much stuff on these. You can like things you in common. You can do this. You can do that. And not only that, but you have access to so many more people that it almost seems to take us away from each other a little bit. How have you looked at that? And how have you thought about like trying to make sure that this technology doesn't actually make us further apart, but brings us closer together? It's such a great question. Um, so every feature that we've designed, and I, I for sure don't want this podcast to feel salesy. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna, so feel free to, if I'm saying the wrong thing. Um, but as no, we, go right we, we've built it with real relationship building in mind. Who do you know? Like, who do you actually know? If you picked up your phone and you looked at all your social channels, of the people to whom you're connected, do you really know them? Like, would you have them over to your house for coffee? Um, mm -hmm. So we made a deliberate decision to not have any spam or any ads. One example of how our technology works is if I wanted to introduce you to someone in my network, I would send you both a note and you would both have to consent mm. to the introduction before it proceeds. Okay. And that double opt-in technology, that's just, it, it's always been important. When I want to introduce anyone to anyone, I always ask both people first and get their okay. Because you yeah. never know, someone may not be open to introductions, someone may be ill, someone may already know the person to whom you're introducing them. Yeah. Um, so it's really focused on the actual relationship building activities. There aren't threads or like there's a content library so you can get smart on all sorts of aspects of relationship building. But there aren't likes and shares and all of that. It pulls together who you know. It's air traffic control. You can keep a list of who you want to meet, which I would encourage you to do. It has your networking goals. It has the events that you're going to attend. And that it has the ability to do that double opt-in where you um, pursue introductions the right way. So that's, that's really what it's all about. Uh, much of entrepreneurship is really finding a gap in um, creating something that can fill that gap. And so for you in networking, you saw this gap. Um, can, can you share with us what the gap was that you saw and how you decided to use technology to help you specifically and keep with fill that gap? Great question. And I have been told time and time again that there's a skills gap in the world when it comes mm -hmm. to networking. And I would say that the gap is two part has two parts. The first being just that networking is difficult. Um, you know that that mic drop networking is difficult. Yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> definitely part of it. And then also that a lot of people are not doing it with a level of care, and discipline, and and you know just doing it the right way. And so yeah. you know whether they're not making time for it, or it's transactional uh, and not really meaningful. Um, and so we felt that with that two-part gap, we had the opportunity and we've heard pain points about other platforms, you know, having an additional inbox to manage. We don't have that, not having spam or ads. So we're really trying to build an environment where users are empowered to build relationships the right way. Yeah. Uh, in, in hearing you talk, we can definitely hear how you're a creative thinker. You're, you're one who 
is constantly thinking, but maybe in a way that not everyone does. Um, and you've talked about valuing deliberate choices of who you bring around you, your key advisors and building and maintaining strong relationships. And so for you, how do you take all that about yourself and, and really pour that into your work and, and create, creating something from nothing? So it's such a great question. Um, and being where we are right now, it just, it's just literally resonating based on, you know, the fact that we launched yesterday. Um, but one of the main things I do is surround myself with the right people. So, uh, when things started to get very fast and very active on the traction front in September, I knew that I had to get the right people around me so that I didn't make the wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. And so our legal counsel became an investor. So I had to get new legal counsel. So we did that yeah. and then we had to make sure that we had our tech team on board and then well, financial advisors and then also our accountants. And so what I did was I surrounded myself with who I call our Ocean's 11 team, <laughs> um, except we're not doing anything with casinos. Uh, we're uh, <laughs> building a startup. And so that was a way that I surrounded myself with a key sphere of influence to help what I had going on. This is by no means a one woman show. We also have an advisory board I've surrounded myself with uh, our customers and our investors. And so for me, it's about surrounding myself with the right people uh, who know that the world would benefit from people building stronger relationships. Yeah. And I, I also want to just make sure that we, we also point out that the right people, I guess I'll say it this way, the wrong people for you doesn't mean they're the wrong people. They're just not the people that you need to be connected with at that time. But I think finding the right people for you means that sometimes there are going to be people who you have to be a little more careful about the time that you give them or the place that you give them in your life, where it's like, am I going to let them be a key advisor? Maybe not at this time. That doesn't mean that they're the wrong person or that doesn't mean they're not the right person for that person to be connected with which I think is a lot of what you're doing is saying like, hey, I think you would you you two like would really be a great network, be a great connection. Let me make this introduction so that if they're not the right person for me at this time in my life, they're the right person maybe for this other person. You've just hit the nail on the head that one of the best ways to strengthen your network is by being a connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all appreciate when someone says, hey, you know what? I really think you should know this person. Here's why. Um, And sometimes there's a specific reason. And sometimes it's like, you are both superheroes, I know. And if I know that I connect (laughs) with superheroes, that the world will be better. So I just have that feeling that the two of you, the world will be better if you know each other. Um, So, But what you also hit the nail on the head with is what I think is the connection between networking and wellness. Really engaging in relationships that fuel you and distancing yourself from relations that are relationships that are not, um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, having your people who have your back is essential to overall wellness. Uh, and, um, and it's, it's under, it's hard. It's hard when you identify that there's someone in your network that maybe you would like to spend less time with and, and not have play such a prominent role. Um, but that is for sure time well spent. Yeah. Let's talk tech a little bit because I'd like to get your uh, insight as to the tech that went behind this and um, what that was like to figure out how are we going to actually make this thing? How do we 
go from an idea to an app and, and sort of what brought that out? So we knew that we wanted to build a technology solution to scale because as mm -hmm. a company to scale, we know that that's a way to do it. And we had trouble finding an app developer, the <laughs> right one for us. Yeah. And so I reached out to someone in my network and said, hey, who's the right person to build this? And she pointed me in the direction of App Adventures, which is the female owned firm in Denver who has built this elegant tech. And that was just a, the perfect fit. And so yeah. um, the CEO of that firm, her name is Amanda Moriuchi, has now become a good friend um, and understood the vision and literally believes that keep with is going to change the way relationships are built in our world. And so it was great to have that values alignment and she and her team have exceeded our expectations um, every single day that we've worked on this. So it was about finding the right partner. It was also identifying, we had a couple partners that were not necessarily the right partner. And mm -hmm. so if we were gonna take, as an entrepreneur, you sometimes have to say yes and no, and we're not gonna go this direction. You have to sometimes be very nimble. So uh, we had a gut feeling about something and it, it turned out to be correct. And then we couldn't be happier that, that we were connected to App Adventures and now yeah. we're growing in Denver and, and Dallas and Chicago. And so it, it was all about um, tapping the right person that we knew to find the right person that we needed. Yeah, I have two final questions that I wanna make sure that we get to. First, I wanna talk about the social responsibility of Keep With and how you see that and how you walk that out. Um, for your, for your company? So for me, having grown up of very humble means and low socioeconomic status, um, I understand that not everybody on the planet has a family or an extended network that is powerful yet, right? Yeah, and I yeah. want every user who picks up, if networking is building relationships, I want every user who picks up our tech to feel empowered building relationships. So one way that we're doing that is we want a truly inclusive beta group so that means having users from all typical DEI measures and also socioeconomics and also um, accessibility to, to pick up the tech and feel comfortable using it. So that's one piece. Another piece is we are strategically partnering with the Girl Scouts because we believe that every girl who, uh, every girl and boy and people who don't identify as either gender, to be clear, um, feels empowered to network well. But we're excited yeah. to work with the Girl Scouts, um, and they're part of our beta group. And eventually, we're hoping that someday there will be a networking badge. Uh, and we'll be developing some programming that is focused on entrepreneurship and focused on networking, uh, working with a couple of chapters statewide um, in different states throughout the U.S. with the goal of creating a more national uh, relationship uh, next year. So that's one way that we see impact. Um, we also are working with a large global banks startup initiative. Um, and I'll keep it pretty general for now, but we are thrilled to be working with that financial institution uh, and its entity that is serving startup founders because we strongly believe in paying it forward. Um, and then we are continuing to look at strategic partnerships um, also with colleges and universities to empower college students to really have those networking skills and tools. So when they're looking for their first job, they, they have that superpower to network and find the best job possible. Yeah. So those are some of the ways that we see our social impact, um, but that will continue to grow as we evolve. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, lastly, I wanna, I wanna ask you if you 
could talk to 10 year old Megan and tell her where you're at now and what you hope for the future, what would you say to her? And, and what, what do you want to see for the future of keepers, but also for the future of our communities and neighborhoods? So if I could talk to 10 year old Megan, she would insist that she was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> so we'd have, to, we'd have to have a conversation and she'd probably argue that point really well. So I'd, I'd yeah, right. <laughs> my, uh, my best foot forward. Um, but I also would tell her to be open to opportunities and to just be open to things that maybe she didn't expect would yeah. be the direction that she would take. And to sometimes, I mean, 10 year old Megan and, and 41 year old Megan are, are very focused and driven um however i think that sometimes you have to sometimes you have to put your out of office up sometimes you have to take that pause you have to really focus on on not what's on your to-do list but what's going on around you um so i would tell her to to be open to work hard um and to really be as strong as possible so that whatever is thrown her way, she at least feels strong enough to process it. I think that ties to some of what you talked about in terms of what our generation, if 10 year old Megan knew what was coming, right. Um, In terms of my hope for the future, um, you know, I am excited to see our company grow. I think there is a true opportunity for us in the world to help people build stronger relationships I want us to gain more clients and investors and grow. And I want us to go public someday. That is my really yeah. big, hairy, audacious goal. I want to stand in Times Square and look up at the Keep With logo and say, we did that. Yeah. And the net result of that is going to be that we would have made that many people better at really building relationships the right way. Um, right. I would also say that I wouldn't mind a couple of years where we weren't always putting out fires and dealing with traumatic events. And um, that is something outside of my control. But what is in my control is caring about the people in my life, being a good friend, being a good mom, being a good CEO, uh, and having, you know, having a good sense of humor and putting wellness first. I think those are things I can control. Yeah. Well, we are speaking that into existence for you. You will someday stand in Times Square and and look at the marquee and see the Keep With logo and and see that it's going up. and, uh, And I believe that people will really be um, you know, I just want to connect with you and want to connect with, uh, with keep with and, and find better ways to connect with each other, because I think we all want to, um, to do that. And I think there are better ways to do that. So I'm excited that, that you and your company are, are taking that on because I think that's something that we definitely need. So thanks for doing that. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. These have been amazing, amazing questions. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, we're always excited to have uh, to hear stories from people who are doing all this kind of work. And so thanks for sharing that. We do want to make sure that people know how to connect with you. Obviously, right. wouldn't be <laughs> much of an effort without doing that. So uh, if you can share with us how people can connect with you and um, if they want to learn more about Keep With, where they can do that. Absolutely. So I can be reached personally at Megan at keepwith.com, M-E-G-A-N at keepwith.com. Our website is www.keepwith.com, K-E-E-P-W-I-T-H. If you want to sign up for our new app that came out yesterday, uh, you just go to platform.keepwith.com. 
and we have all of our social channels on on linkedin and instagram and facebook all under under keep with or keep with networking great so we will go to platform.keepwith.com to look for the app and to find new ways to connect with each other so thanks for that if you'd like to find all the episodes of bridging chicago you can go to www.bridgingchicago.com where we have all season five episodes as well as the previous four seasons thank you for joining us today megan we really appreciate your time and we appreciate all of our listeners and we look forward to hearing from you uh, again later on to see how you're doing and uh, we can't wait to have you back sometime thank you so very much for this opportunity we're grateful thank you all right that's it for today's episode of the bridging chicago podcast we'll see you again soon the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceedings.